Welcome to the Level Up English podcast, the best place to come to practice the English language, learn about the British accent and culture. With me, your host, Michael Lavers. Hello, English learners, and welcome back to the Level Up English podcast. This is another one of the episodes I'm recording in advance because I'm going to be in the US for a few weeks, and I don't know if I'll be able to record any episodes then. So that's why my background is still not super nice if you're watching the video version on YouTube. Good reminder, actually, I know most of you will be watching the audio version, which, to be honest, the audio quality is probably going to be better on the audio version. But if you're interested in seeing, you know, I don't know, reading my lips or whatever, watching the video version, you can go onto YouTube and just type in Level Up English podcast and you'll find my channel there as well. But it doesn't matter where you watch it really. But I suppose my main focus is the audio version, but you can watch whatever you prefer. But yeah, so I'm still here for now and I will be in the US very shortly. Although when you're listening to this, I will have already finished my trip. So if you live in the US, you're too late. You couldn't find me. <laughs> but anyway, today I've got an episode all about space and science. A listener requested this one recently, and I really liked the idea. It's another one of my more general topics. You know, I'm not talking about really English learning, but I want to discuss this topic of space, a little bit about science, uh, maybe some expressions and vocabulary we can learn, and just practice your listening as well. I think it's going to be an interesting one. And Quick reminder, as I often like to do, if you get bored of these uh, talks, you're welcome to skip ahead by one minute or two minutes. But I want to remind people that you can become a member at levelupenglish.school. This is the thing I'm really working on most at the moment where I'm so proud of it and I'm putting all of my effort into this website. It's only £10 a month, so it's a very low price for the amount of content you get because you can join several hours of group classes every month. You can have access to many, many online courses, like writing courses, IELTS exam course with IELTS examiner Esan from a previous episode. Uh, what else do we have? Podcast transcripts that you can follow along to, like subtitles for every episode, private podcast that comes out on Friday, and a community of learners from around the world who you can chat with on the website. Or we also have our own private Discord server as well, where you can chat more easily on your phone. So lots going on over there. And again, if you're interested in any of that, go to levelupenglish.school or click on the link in the podcast description on your app. So on to the main topic today of space and science. I want to start here with a lesson plan that I used to teach a long time ago. I haven't taught this lesson in a long time, but many years ago, I would enjoy talking about going to Mars. You know, Mars is the closest planet to Earth, right? The red planet. And I used to teach a lesson on this, especially to younger children, because it's quite interesting for them to talk about. And there's a lot of good vocabulary here. And I had an article here talking about the potential 
dangers to life on Earth. And they, they listed a few dangers here, like, for example, nuclear war, one big danger that could wipe out life on Earth. To wipe out, by the way, means to destroy completely. If all humans are wiped out, we're all dead, basically. An asteroid collision, so that's like a space rock hitting Earth. Collision means to hit, collide, right? So that's one thing that could destroy life, unfortunately, a bit like how the dinosaurs died. AI, artificial intelligence, which are really smart robots that might you know, decide to attack humans in the future. If you've seen Terminator movies, you know what I mean. Very scary. So all of these pose a risk to humanity, right? And this is a common collocation here, to pose a risk. Pose a risk. It just means it is a risk. These are risks to human life. And then my lesson plan, or this article, then goes on to talk about Elon Musk. And I think Elon Musk has come into some controversy recently and some you know, some people don't like him like they used to, and um, maybe for political reasons and stuff like that. But a few years ago, you know, when this article was written, he was universally loved by everyone. And, you know, he was making his Tesla electric cars. He was focusing on SpaceX and getting people to Mars as he still is right now. And he spoke about his ambition to send humans to Mars as a backup drive for civilization. Now, this is a good term for what he's doing, a backup drive. And I think this is really the debate I wanted to kind of discuss with you guys today and whether this is a good thing or not. So it seems like a logical thing, right? It's, you know, life on Earth is quite fragile, meaning that many things can happen to end life on Earth. And, you know, if that happens, then we have wiped out potentially millions of years of future humans, which is very sad, isn't it? So maybe it's good to have a backup for Earth. So essentially, that means we've got, you know, planet A and planet B. So if anything happens to Earth, we also have Mars as a backup, right? And I guess the idea is to make Mars a bit more hospitable Another word for that could be habitable, able to live comfortably on Mars, because right now it's empty, it's cold, it's not very nice on Mars. So we want to kind of make it a bit nicer there. So according to the article, again, this is a few years old, so probably it has changed now, to be honest, but he had a plan of sending around one million people to Mars. Well... I'm not sure if it's sending them more, but at least having a million people on Mars. You know, maybe some of them will be, you know, Martian babies. They'll be born on Mars. And by the way, if you are from Mars, you're called a Martian, right? If you're from Earth, you're called an Earthling. So all of us, hopefully, we are Earthlings because we're from Earth. So that's interesting thing that you might not have known. But yeah, so it said the ultimate goal to have 1 million people on Mars would take between 40 to 100 years, which is really amazing because that means for a lot of the people, you know, a lot of you listening now, you might see a million people on Mars in your lifetime. And I mean, I have to be honest, I'm quite skeptical of this. That's 
a crazy prediction to make. But I think the most difficult thing he he must do is get those first people to go to Mars, right? Because he's asking people to give up their entire lives and family, say goodbye to Earth forever to begin a new life there. So I wonder what kinds of people these would be if they would be really kind of amazing, forward-thinking people. Or maybe they'll be a bit depressed. They'll be fed up of life and they want to start fresh. I don't know, but I wonder... Yeah, I'd love to hear more about that when it does happen. Another thing he mentioned in the article was how, at the moment, I think it takes about six months, say here. I can't find it in the article, but I think, if I remember correctly, it takes about six or seven months to travel to Mars from Earth now. And he predicts that it could eventually be cut down to 30 days. So it could be a you know, somewhat short trip, at least short compared to most trips in space, right? But then one person also was against the idea. So this is the counter-argument now. And this is about why are we focusing so much on making Mars a better place when we could be focusing on making our own planet, Earth, a better place? Which is a... I think it's a really you know, sound argument. It's a good argument. And I don't know, I'd be interested to hear what you guys think. So let me know in the comments of this episode if you think we should go to Mars or if you think we should focus on making our home planet a better place as well. And this is what I wrote down here in my notes too. So I wrote, if we have the power to terraform Mars, why don't we use that power to terraform Earth? This might be a new word, by the way, to terraform You might recognise the word form, like transform. Form means kind of like to change something. Terra is a Latin-based word that means earth, right? Earth. So terraform means change the earth. And basically you're changing the planet to make it more habitable for humans. So you're changing the atmosphere, you're changing the soil so that we can grow plants and vegetables and fruit and things like that. So I think it's a huge thing, isn't it, to imagine terraforming a planet, making it livable for humans. But I think it would be much, much easier to fix Earth rather than making a whole new planet somewhere else, right? So that's one counter-argument, which I totally see the you know the good points in that argument but i don't know i'm kind of mixed i think one reason why people like the idea of going to mars is because having a fresh start on a new planet is really appealing isn't it starting from the beginning maybe having no you know new laws you can have new laws there'll be no crime perhaps and it's really appealing to have that fresh start but i don't know it'd be interesting Yeah, come to think of it, I wonder, will there be any laws on Mars? Like, do you have to follow Earth laws? Or, you know, will they have to make their own law, their own constitution? That would be very interesting to hear about. There's a lot that's going to happen. I personally think, you know, if Elon Musk is a billionaire, he can do what he wants with his own money. If he wants to send people to Mars, that is totally up to him. I don't think... It really matters, you know, he can do what he wants, basically. 
And I think it's quite exciting as well, whether or not it's the most efficient way to save humanity. I think it's really exciting. And I do think that we will see people on Mars in our lifetimes, my lifetime. Um, and that's exciting. But let me know if you agree. Let me know your opinion. And maybe you're more skeptical and you think we're not going to see people on Mars anytime soon. But I, mean, I look forward to it anyway. Another thing I heard, this is kind of a new topic now, but it really blew my mind. On a podcast I was listening to, they were talking about how early humanity is in the lifespan of the universe. And it's also one reason why we might not have met any kind of alien life forms yet. And this is simply because it takes a long time for humans or any creature to evolve into a really intelligent being. And it's unlikely that many have done because the universe is not super old. That was what they were saying anyway. And if you think about it, you know, humans have been around for, they say, about 200,000 years, right? Which sounds like a long time. But when we think about the potential uh, future for humanity, you know, if we don't have any of these problems like asteroid collisions, nuclear war, then we can potentially be around for billions of years in the future, right? So maybe people in the future will look back on us now and we'll be like the ancients, we'll be the ancient people who lived a long time ago with their primitive technology, all these things we that we're doing that is so simple and primitive. This word primitive, by the way, means not doing things in a very advanced way. Rather than teleporting everywhere and flying around with jetpacks, we're walking and you know driving cars when it's really primitive. Maybe people will say that one day. And I really love this way of thinking because it really puts into perspective how important it is to try to make the world a better place because it's not just about the world today. It's about the billions of people who can live in the future as well. And if we do something to mess up the world today, we are missing out on billions of future lives as well. And that, I don't know, that really blew my mind hearing that. That was really fascinating. I did have a lot more I wanted to talk about on this topic, but I think I'm going to end it here and maybe I'll return to it in the future as well. I want to play very quickly now an audio message I got a couple weeks ago from Hamid who had a really good question for me, and he requested to me to make an episode about this. I didn't think it was really good to make a whole episode about it. Maybe I will in the future, but I think my answer is going to be quite short. So I thought I could address it now in this episode. So let's listen to his message, and then I will respond afterwards. Hi, Michael, and hi, every English learners. Michael, I have a question for you. I use HelloTalk, the application, you know, and I use Discord also. And I'm like meeting some people from around the world. They speak in English. And sometimes some of them, they ask me about my level in English. Actually, I feel so confused because I don't know how to answer them. So can you just do a podcast or just answer my question in the reviews to tell me how I can know my level in English? Because, you know, I, I'm good at conversations, but I'm not good when you get in deep in some subject. So can you ask him the question and give me some advices? And thank you. And I'm very enjoying your podcast. You make me so progress. And thank you from Algeria. Bye. Okay, so thank you, Hamid, for your very 
clear and good question as well. So thank you for your kind words on the podcast too. And yeah, so basically Hamid was saying how he uses HelloTalk and Discord to talk to people, which is really, really amazing. So keep it up. It sounds like you're really trying hard to be proactive in your learning. So well done for doing that. And your main question was, how do you know your English level? And I do get this question a lot, so it might warrant a full episode one day. But my advice is always very, I don't know if dismissive is the word, but I always question people like, do you really need to know your level? Is it really that important? I think levels are not so easy to understand because if you take an exam or something or ask a teacher, you might get a level like you are B1 or you are B2, you are intermediate level learner. But I think it's not really that simple because many people, they're not so evenly distributed. You might have a very high level of reading, but a low level of listening. So it's not going to be so easy to say you're intermediate because you might have beginner level in one skill and you might be more advanced in another skill. So that's one thing to keep in mind. Um, Another thing is just why, you know, why does it even matter really? Like if people can understand you, what you're saying, and they can have a conversation with you, does it really matter what label you give yourself? I think we should always be very careful when giving ourselves any kind of label like this. Because if I can hear you talk, I know your level because I can understand how well you're talking, what mistakes you're making. And it's not really necessary to give you this kind of arbitrary label, right? The only time I can think of where I think a level is really useful is when maybe you're applying for a job or you have to give them your level, or maybe you're doing an exam and you need a level from the exam. But I think in most situations, it's just not that important. And another thing that I've experienced myself is it can be really disheartening and demotivating when you are making progress day by day, but your level is the same. For example, in my Japanese learning, I have been maybe around like a B2, maybe somewhat high intermediate level or intermediate level for many, many years. And if I focus on the level, it feels like I'm not improving. But of course, I'm improving every day, but I'm not really improving enough to get to the next level on the you know official uh, framework. So that's a bit demotivating, and I think it's not always good to think in terms of levels. However, if you really do want to find out your level, the best way is take like a really good exam, like the IELTS exam, one that also includes a speaking exam as well, maybe the Cambridge exam or something like that. But again, it's not going to be totally accurate. But yeah, that's my answer, and I may come back to it in the future, but thank you very much for asking. I do just want to say a quick thank you to two podcast reviews today. One is from Germany, from Lady Som, which sounds familiar. I wonder if I've read your review before. Hmm. Either way, let's read it again. Or maybe this is a new one. If you have left two, then thank you very much. And they said, thank you for your efforts. Your podcast is really great. I'm an advanced English learner, and I gradually learn by listening to your podcast. That's very kind of you. Thank you, Lady Som. One more from Turkey now, 
from Bahar01, who said, Hi, Michael. Eventually, I finished all the podcasts that you published and catched up with you. I must confess that I have leveled up my listening skills with the help of your great work. That is amazing. Thank you very much. It always blows my mind to hear that people have listened to every episode. That's incredible. Thank you. And maybe now that I'm making a few more, I'm making six episodes a week right now, maybe it will be harder for you to catch up. But anyway, thank you again for the reviews and for listening so much to my annoying voice. Okay, well, sadly, I don't have a quote to read out today. I'm really sorry if you like my quote, but as I said, I'm traveling a bit and it's a little bit uh, hectic at the moment. Hectic means busy and kind of crazy right now. And I haven't had time to prepare any quotes for Instagram. So I'm really sorry about that. But I do suggest you go to my Instagram page, which is simply called English with Michael, no spaces. And you will see my quotes every Friday over there. So even if I'm not saying it today, you will see it on Friday on my page. Anyway, thank you for listening today. Really hope you enjoyed it. And I will see you in the next episode. Goodbye for now. You have been listening to the Level Up English podcast. If you would like to leave a question to be answered on a future episode, then please go to levelupenglish.school forward slash podcast. That's levelupenglish.school slash podcast. And I'll answer your question on a future episode. Thanks for listening.